The Entrepreneur Adventure, giving entrepreneurs the tools to climb higher and faster than ever before. My friend, you're in for a treat today. So climb aboard and buckle up for the very first Roadshow edition of the Entrepreneur Adventure Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Melton, the Sidekick Prophet, joined by my co-host, the Serial CFO, Mr. Chad Brown. And you're going to feel like you're on the train with us today as we took the studio to Atlanta, Georgia, to the headquarters for Fabric, a women's clothing franchise, really a fashion empire in the making. And we interviewed Dana Spinola, the founder, a phenomenal person. Man, you got you have to check Dana out. And you will after this interview, I promise you. We talk about some mainstays in business. Passion, you want to be in business what you're passionate about. Profit, you got to make some money, right? And purpose. When you can line these things up, you got something magical. So we are so excited to present this episode with Dana Spinola. We are back today on the Entrepreneur Adventure and so excited. We are broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia. This is our first time. We are leaving the comfort of our headquarters and what has brought us to Atlanta? None other than Dana Spinola. Dana, fabric, free fabric, high style with heart. So much going on here, such an awesome space. Thank you for having us in. Welcome to our podcast. Oh my gosh, thanks for coming to Atlanta. Thanks for coming to the office. Absolutely. It's good to I'm have e- y'all. I'm excited to be here. I feel like uh, after being here, we got to go back and make our office a little more creative. Like This is so much fun and so awesome. And- I know, you look out the window here and there's like big buildings. You look out the window of our office and there's a there's a pawn shop. So, <laughs> true, true story. A little different. No, we're excited to be here. We had the honor of you joining us for the Stronger Business Summit. It was amazing. People are still raving. We're getting so many people talking about the passion, the purpose, so many things you shared. And we're excited to dive into your story today. So tell us a little bit about how you landed here and ended up with Fabric and how this started. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, I think the ultimate answer is that I was obsessed with fashion. I mean, that's kind of how I got here. You'll look behind me and my whole office is wallpapered in fashion mags. You know, that's what I did as a little kid. And I didn't know it could be a job. I feel like most entrepreneurs, that's kind of the thing is like, can this be my real job? (laughs) Or am I allowed to do this and get paid for it? Um, But I was just a little girl with two hippie parents who said, you know, if you love what you do, you'll never work another day in your life. And I know I've told you guys, but I didn't really believe it. I mean, I saw my dad out with like, a bottle of Jack Daniels and a paintbrush painting in the middle of a field and thinking that, is that really like, (laughs) is that your job? You know, and he's just in a creative space. And so was my mom with designing and interior design. So I was just the kid that was kind of taught that that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to chase it. We're supposed to chase that thing we love to do and not feel guilty about it. So I, you know, marched into, you know, college and abandoned everything I just told you. <laughs> That's the right thing to do, is what they tell you. Yes. You listen to your parents until you get to college and you throw that advice out the get window. Get realistic then, right? Yeah, and I think I kind of like a lot of people, I know you get to that point, you're like, well, I love this thing so much, but am I allowed to make this my job? There's, I think I have to go sign up for a career from the checklist and you know, kind of sell out to what 
I was going to be. I, I didn't know that you could have a, a fashion company. That Those were all dreams that at that point in life became a little bit unrealistic. So I went to the counselor at UGA, and no one uses a counselor for this, but I just walked in first day of college and said, what's a job that makes a lot of money? Right? So like abandoned first the whole idea. There. Yeah. I know what I'm here for. <laughs> You're speaking Chad's language right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And yeah, and you know, I think that's what's so crazy about it is I didn't tell him what I cared about, what you know, wanted to be when I grow up, everything that I thought was important. It just went to, well, I guess now that it's about a job, it's got to turn to finances. And so I became a computer consultant, management information systems, you know, loved it. But um, that's very similar to fashion. It's the exact same yeah. thing, right? Like process diagrams, workflows. 100%. <laughs> what was cool is I don't think I would have ever gotten that business background, you know, as a, a week out of college, I'm going sitting with CEOs and watching how businesses work. And I think that's what really crystallized it for me was this is cool, but it's not me. I loved those big businesses and I loved the strategy that went in, sitting those tables, redefining their process. But I mean, it was missing the whole like heartbeat part. Like where's the part that we get to like talk about our outfits? Like I remember every meeting I came in and I'd have on some crazy outfit and they're like, you know, black suit or a blue suit. And that was so hard for me. So I did, you know, I basically, I always say took the leap, but very educated jump off of the, from management informations into fashion. I wrote a business plan. I got to the point I called my dad one day and, and he said, you know, are you loving what you do? He kind of calls me on it and I'm two years into this career and um, had to admit that I didn't. It it was paying my bills really well. And yeah, you were, this wasn't just a career. You were crushing it with Deloitte, right? I mean, you were flying around, you're high level meetings, you're your yeah, which America, also like, gives you validation, maybe, that you're supposed to stay there, right? right. Like, yeah, because you're winning, climbing the ladder. Yeah, your parents are like, wait, stop, don't follow your dreams. <laughs> follow that paycheck. We've never had a paycheck. <laughs> you keep making money, we'll follow yeah, our we'll dreams. Yeah, we'll follow you. Keep it up, girl. <laughs> and the whole time, were you like, this sucks? Or are you kind of living in it thinking like, okay, it'll get better at some point? Or well, the crazy suck? part is it didn't suck. It was, it was good. I think what the fear came in is when I looked down the road. The day-to-day -day was awesome and they're playing for my dry cleaning. I have a place in San Francisco and, you know, Chicago. And so the day-to-day -day didn't, but luckily when they sat me down and said, you know, we can see you being one of our youngest women partners. And I was like, once the like, that sounds cool wore off, I went and sat with the women partners and, you know, like, tell me about your family and your kids and how's it work? Has it's hard to be a working woman, you know, does your husband travel? And I didn't have any conversations with anyone that was married with kids that was kind of in 10 years where I wanted to be. So I think that was kind of a, a big turning point for me to not only look at the day, because what it wasn't sucking, it was awesome, but it wasn't hitting at my heart part. So I had to kind of look at a long game and know 10 years from now, and I'm the top partner, what does that look like for me? So I thought it was easier to switch gears before it got too locked into something that was not where I was supposed to be going. Wow, that's super impressive to have the courage to see that down the road of when I reach the pinnacle of where I'm trying to go with this company, that's not what I want. And yeah. Two years in, I'm crushing it, but maybe I should switch gears and get out. Oh yeah, that's a lot of people at that point in time are just like, they're still in the excitement stage, but for whatever reason, you had the vision to do that. Like, all right, well, if I'm on track to be a partner, let me go talk to people that are partners and 
is their life what I want my life to be? And you're like, right. Nope. Yeah. And you'll, and all it takes is just asking a couple people. Like, um, I love the movie, the pursuit of happiness, Will Smith, oh, yeah. that movie, like I could, I watch it like every six months with my kids and that part where, you know, Will Smith is sitting outside and, and he's next to the Ferrari or Lamborghini. You guys probably know better than me what kind of car it was, but he basically says, Hey, you know, waiting for the guy to come out who owns the car and says, what do you do and how do you do it? Mm -hmm. And I just have always been that type of person to, to really kind of look out in the future and say, you know, is this taking me where I want to go at the end game? And when I was talking to the partners, I mean, they're, they loved their job, but it was, it was not at all the life that, you know, I want to have it all. <laughs> I want to, want to have, I wanted 10 kids at the time. My, my sweet husband who wanted one kid, we negotiated four kids <laughs> so I could have a husband, <laughs> but the nonprofit and, you know, I've always been at the, my heart's always been that I want to do it all. So I kind of watched how many people I, I knew when I asked that question, they're like, it's good. Money's good. There's a lot of perks, but I never heard them say, oh my gosh, I get up in the morning and this rocks. So yeah. I think then I finally got to go back into that. If you love what you do and not love what you do, just as your job title, like that your job can also allow you to do the other things in your life that you really want to do. Hence being a mom and, you know, trying to pull off being a good wife and, you know, philanthropist and all the other things. How is that going to fit in? So yeah, it hit me pretty hard. Yeah, they're, they had the good life, and you're looking for the great life. Yep. It seems like you saw, like, yeah, they're they're happy, but they're not fulfilled, Yeah. and I'm going for fulfillment. Yeah, and it's the same idea, too, of just defining success. You know, I really, as throughout my career, I remember even in high school, people would say, oh, you're so successful, and I never really knew what that meant. Like, maybe I'd win a race or a soccer game or something, and when I started Fabric, um, I was either like opening a store or having a baby, like in the beginning part, you know, it was, and everyone's like, congratulations on your success. And I just remember like six years in having to change my mindset of what is success? Like I had to, I didn't really have a vision of where I wanted to take it. And it's kind of what we'll be talking about today, but success became for me that this company means more than just selling clothing. Like, what is this company? What's the legacy kind of stuff that fabric's gonna be other than a girl that, you know, open a clothing store and, you know, sell some clothing. So I think that's kind of my check-in throughout my life that you have to keep checking in because life keeps changing is what's success and are you on that track for yourself? That's really cool and really good advice. You have to focus on the day-to-day -day and the work, but if you're not checking in, thinking about that long-term, where is this going? What's my vision? What's my legacy? then what are you chasing after? And it's easy to get lost and yeah. find yourself in a place of being unhappy. So you make the decision, hey, this amazing, awesome, high-paying corporate life is not for me. It's good, but it's not great. I'm going to go do something else. Okay, now is the big question. Start your own versus just go work for somewhere that, that's in the fashion industry. What made you pivot and say, I'm going out on my own. I'm going to... Uh, build my own journey here. I think there's something in an entrepreneur that you don't, it's hard to define, but it's this, that <laughs> thing where you just probably wouldn't make the best working for somebody else employee. Sure. Um, I mean, I, I joke about it, but there really is something. And what I love about it is there's people like my sister, she's worked for my dad her entire life and she loves it. She has no desire. I'm like, Aaron, don't you ever want your own thing? She's like, absolutely not. Like, so when I learned that wasn't everybody, I learned that it is unique, that I want to create my own thing, that it was, 
what I, however, I wanted to create my own thing, but I continued to work at that job. I also took a job on the weekends at a boutique um, just to make sure it's really what you want to do. Okay, so I, you're doing your research then. You're doing, doing your, due your diligence. practical, yes. on-the-ground research because there's so many people. I don't know if you know anyone this that like this, but like, Dana, so I had that conversation. It was so inspiring. Quit my job. I'm going to go try this out. I'm like, no, 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 don't. You don't do that. <laughs> right? Like, yes. you can't just jump not even sure, not just because of not having a plan, but you might not love it. So I was very adamant in making sure that, you know, I'm taking the red eye in Thursday night from my clients and then going to a boutique Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and talking to everyone I knew in the business. So I think being an entrepreneur is like the greatest gift in the entire world, enough to know that it's how I was made. There was no chance of whatever job it was that I wasn't going to be leading it and creating it and, and, and all the pros and cons that come with that. And when you say leading it, you're the, you're the boss. It sounds exciting to so many, but then there's the piece of like the fires belong to you too. Mm -hmm. And the, and the big vision part, there's days I want to go back and just re-merchandise my e-com warehouse, but I've got a vision to take care of. Right. So you have to remember that piece with it. And if, you're an entrepreneur, you love that. You love that you're going to go into the weeds and then you're going to go high level and all around. So I kind of always knew that's what, where I was going to land back. Uh, I like it. I like how you referenced to how you stayed at your job and you started working on the weekends and what you thought where you found your passion and the next steps. So many people don't do that now. And passion is such a hot topic now for the younger generation and the younger entrepreneurs. And by the way, if, if you haven't checked out Dana's book, Love What You Do, it's amazing. Uh, we'll talk about it a lot today. But one of my favorite parts of your book, you said in there, to find your passion, you don't have to quit your job. You don't have to take on a lot of debt. You don't have to start your company. You don't have to go do some tour of Italy. You can find your passion at your current job, trying other things, learning, putting yourself out of your comfort zone. And I think that is a huge message for our audience because everybody, this, we see the same thing. People we know, people we've known for years, highly successful, just quit one day and I'm going to go try this or yes. do this. And it's not always your job title. You know, I had mm -hmm. a friend that quit her incredible job because she loved yoga and she realized she hated teaching yoga. So she just loved doing it. <laughs> so just make sure you want it to be your career because yeah. the passion, I love when people in my company come to me and say, so I've got this passion for, you know, anything. And I figure out how we can tie it in, but it's got to tie into our, you know, to our mission, but let's tie it in. It doesn't mean you necessarily need to quit your job and go do it. It just means to me, it's gotta be part of your life. Sure. What, what's so hard is when I watch people, and this is probably one of the biggest complaints when I sit down with people are like, I have my job over here, my family over here, and then I, I try to serve on Saturdays for an hour, you know, so that it's just this non-comprehensive life and they're pocketed versus, I can't imagine not coming to Fabric and we have a chill room next door with white bean bags that we do devotionals in and we do, you know, free sprees in the back. And I can't imagine it being a place that it was, you know, it's only business. It's, it's gotta be all of that for me. And, um, I think a lot of employers or entrepreneurs want that in their business too. So I always tell people, you know, bring the thing that you love into your business and it's just going to pump up everybody around you too. It's crazy. You're saying that because two years ago, I was always looking at my company from the standpoint of, I'm going to let this company 
finance me going after the things that I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. And two years ago, it flipped, and it was like God told me, just go all in here and dedicate all those things that you're passionate about and that you love, you think you're going to get outside of it. Like, just put it all here for a second. And now, two years later, seeing our company, like, live out these mission and vision and values that I had personally, but I'd never really put 100% into the company. Right, And right. seeing the win and the benefit, right. and now, you know, I, I don't know if you're like this. I have a hard time. Our HR professionals who are listening are going to get mad. <laughs> with, like, not loving my people as people and friends versus yeah. like, no, I just treat them like they're an employee, you know, like respect them and all that stuff. But you got to have the lines. I'm like, that's just not who I am. I have a hard yep. time with not. I always say like, are up. we allowed to do this? Like, because we're not doing bad stuff, but I'm like, I think we should do, you know, we'll be in a really tense meeting. I'm like, we need a free, free shopping spree right now. And my team's like, okay, what does that mean? I'm like, let's go to the back, 30 seconds, grab as much as you need. Like, we're working too hard, we need to shake this, and you know, that's where everyone's like, oh, are we allowed to do this? But like, we've gotta figure out how we can bring in that joy and purpose part that it also gives the uh, idea that the license to everyone else that they can do that. And they can talk about it and they can ask, hey Dana, could we donate to this? Or could we be a part of this? Or could Fabric be part of this? If it's too separate, they're like, well, it's business. We probably shouldn't discuss anything like this in this setting. So let's, let me ask you some questions there. Cause in my world, I struggle with this. The serial CFO. I'm, obviously I'm a numbers <laughs> guy. Mr. Money I, Man. I live on spreadsheets and black and white. And so you don't like free and, shopping sprees that you can't, you know. I just start sweating when you start <laughs> He doesn't like free that. shopping that, sprees in his store. That's why jo- Josh and I make yeah. awesome business partners in our company is we balance each other out. Um, I want to run the company based on spreadsheets and Josh is like, there's a lot of people here we need to think right. about. I love black and white, Chad, but let's add a little color yeah. to our lives. So, yeah. so in the early days, obviously you're getting things going, you're in growth mode, that's expensive, and you struggle with profit and funding and everything else. Was there a point you had to get to to be able to do that? Or from day one, you're like, this is what we're going to do, and we'll just yeah. figure out the money part? Or yeah, How did day you one. lay that out? Day one, and I think, you know, I absolutely, you know, I love business. I was a business major. I love a good, you know, 10 o'clock at night I'm reviewing all my P&Ls. I just love it so much. But what I've learned is the connection for me. And I think I've learned this now. I think I did it more whimsically in the beginning of, Uh you know, our core value. Wow. Everyone, it was like, we need to do something. Wow. Like I literally have an experience manager. Her job is to just come up with something that's someone's had a bad day or a customer just, we need, they need a new closet. But I've learned like the idea of sitting around with entrepreneurs and what we say, one of the hardest things that everyone talks about is keeping a great team and keeping, not only keeping them, but keeping them inspired, keeping them loving it. And when everyone's filing, firing at all cylinders, then you have an awesome business. It can't always stay that way. But we used to always joke, how much would you pay to keep your team inspired? How much could you, you know, so it got back to, yes, does the $5,000 shopping spree on Tuesday, it hits the books under my wow line, but I don't know a better way. Luckily I have a team that will work for clothes. (laughs) So I think when you think about it in that way, you can't always allocate it out, but I do allocate out a wow budget. So it's kind of, kind of cheating. But it's still impromptu as well. It's impromptu. What's going to go in there? I'd be like, we're going to do wow the second Tuesday of every quarter and no we're going to do that. it for $3,500. But you can't, 
Yep. Lose all the passion. You could secretly then, do that because my COO is very much <laughs> like you. She's like, "Are you gonna wow soon? I just need like, to know." I need to. Yeah. What, what are you feeling today? Dana huh? didn't tell us that before that she went and Dana's got all the most expensive really stuff. Really good out. mood today. God, this is gonna be expensive. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the balance too, though. I think that's the incredible point on the balance of having your team members on who you know has their eye on what piece. You know, for me, it's the people and the passion. I love profit, so we'll set up those rules, but I will break them for our team because if I have a team that can't, especially we're in stores with people and this time of year, you know, you've got to make sure that they're ready to play the game. And I have, I've, of all my leadership, um, you know, missteps, that has been one that I've been so focused on the prize and I just keep going and going and driving. My Enneagram's a challenger. So I'm just like, we could do better. We could do better. And I will say that and you and I hear myself and I look around of them going, we have been doing our like our best, you know? So wow has kind of been the gift that God's given me to be able to soften my my challenger leadership and style. Let me, let me educate our audience here for a second. And Josh, I don't know if you know this or not, but this wow thing, it is a KPI, like it is a measuring feature, not only for you here at corporate, but for your stores, uh, all the 40 something locations uh, nationwide. That's a reporting measure of how did you wow a customer this week? Or what yeah. did you do? Every and single day you report your best of your stuff. best. Yep. Yeah, and that's amazing. I've never thought about incorporating that into the business side of, I thought about it from a home standpoint, you're building a house, you gotta have a wow feature. Yep. What's, what's what's your wow factor of this house? What's custom about it? But thinking about it from your side of a business standpoint, it's brilliant. And not only are you are you putting it out there, that's okay. I need you to report back to me, and we're gonna give awards, yeah. and we're gonna do measures from it, and that celebrate it. We're gonna create a wow book, and we're gonna make yes. sure that like what's important to us is that we're always you know the challenger making it better and better. So a wow isn't I just sold a dress to a customer today and she loved it. That will never be a wow. A wow is that, you know, I heard that this this um, client of ours is coming in from Alabama and there's this place that she loves that has the lemonade there. We've had stylists drive there and back by the time she gets in. The smallest things, the smallest little lemonade. Um, you know, my favorite stories are, and they get so creative, that's why I love them, but just a stylist will be in a store hear a mom crying on a phone about some babysitter canceling and she has to be somewhere and my stylists literally literally know they can say all right can i come babysit for you do you mind if i leave the store and it just creates a culture of how do i you know kind of stop what i'm doing see what somebody needs and just deliver on it and not really ask and it, my rule's always been, and you'll love this one, it's not about buying people Ferraris and big lavish gifts. Like the, the coolest part is when you call somebody's husband and say, you know, I know it's her birthday. Here's three items that you might, you know, if you, I'm sure you didn't forget, but if you did. And just kind of, <laughs> so you know, brilliant. be in their life. And yeah. that's, and that, no one said, everyone said I could not make that a KPI. And we truly have. I mean, you, you, it's in a spreadsheet. It, they're, you know, we sort them by recovery wows if we've really messed up or has been all the different types. But why would you have all these numbers around sales and profit without having it around the people part? Like if the customer left and we had a incredible dollar sale from her, but she didn't leave with that wow, then we kind of missed it. Because again, not only for her heart feeling good, but from a business perspective, she's gonna go tell someone about the incredible experience she had. So that's marketing dollars. You know, every account I've had is like 
So could you explain this wow thing again? She's like, okay, that's marketing, right? <laughs> it's got to go in a spot. And that's, that's <laughs> where it, where it goes is I'm going to pour, I'm going to pour something awesome in to your life. And you're not even going to know, you know, why you're doing this for me. That's what everyone says is why, why are you doing this? This is so sweet. Sure. I'd love for you to walk yeah. me to my car with an umbrella. So, so it makes okay. me think of Peter Drucker say, saying what get measured, what gets measured gets done. And again, most of us would think that this would be a hard thing to measure, but you figured out a way to do that. Now, my question for you is, that's a kind of a crazy vision to cast before your team. Of, you know what? From now on, we're going to start measuring wow. Yeah. How did you get that implemented? How much did you have to talk about it before it really took root and became part of your culture and what you guys do? It really comes down to the interview process. If they get the wow part, because we try to wow people in the interview process, so they go, oh, I like that. And I think that's what she likes. Mm. So in stores, that usually, if that's not happening in the interview process, that person's probably not joining the team. From day one, our team got it. Like I remember stylists that, one stylist I actually had to consider if I was like letting him go because he was the best wower in the world. But I was like, okay, you can't send like champagne to everyone's dinner. <laughs> He's like, well, they were going on a girls' night. I'm like, okay, I know, but like, it Celebrate just can't. Everything. Yeah, exactly. He's like, you, you, you say it's a wow. I'm like, okay, well, you're gonna have to like be discerning. Huh. A little uh, context. Yeah, but I mean, I think that when you have a person that just gets that, and you, there are certain things you can teach. We can't teach that. I mean, I just remember being the kid at, you know, growing up and seeing on the coffee machine, my dad would have like leaves my mom these little wildflowers that he picked outside and they're just lit sitting there with like a little note, have a good day, sweetie. I'm like, I get it. That's a little wow. Like, so I think if that's not how you operate, it's completely fine, but you le we learn it pretty quickly. So we don't have to spend that much time. I will say the wow awards. I mean, we have, we didn't get to this year, but we usually have a huge wow party at my house and all we talk, we don't talk a thing about strategy. We don't talk about planning. We don't talk about profit. We don't talk about anything. We just talk about wows and we, you know, we'll fly in people that, you know, they've wowed and it's just the, it's the day for six hours that we are saying, this is pretty much all that matters to us. The other stuff's going to come natural. You know, you're here to sell clothing. So let's really, truly focus on this piece. So you fly in people to your wow party that have been the recipient yes. of the wow. Oh my goodness. So like the yeah, customer so they get story to tell. from their side. Yeah. Whoa, that's, awesome. Ooh, that's I had yeah. no idea. It's that's awesome. really cool. Here's, here's something I learned this week. I, I was doing some research, um, a business Lauren and I own together. And it was around marketing and when you reference back to marketing it kind of rang a bell for me even today in 2020 with covid and online shopping and everything it said over 80 percent of business is still word of mouth it's still customers going back talking about their experience with somebody else so it just shows importance even now when everything seems so transactional that's still such a huge part of marketing and business. And with online growing. business, you're so right. I mean, you think of online loses that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the experience is more important now than ever. And it's the A to Z experience, but it's the authentic experience. You can't trick anyone into thinking you care about something when you don't. And I remember um, I did a, a speech one time and afterwards there was about um, 10 people online and they all kind of have the same question. They are like, well, we want to have like a, like kind of a nonprofit arm of our business. You know, would, can we all go sit down and kind of talk about it? And I learned pretty quickly that they, you know, the concept sounded cool. So it sounded like people like that, but they, they're like, but I have no idea what that would be. And just, is there any ideas on what would be a good one for me? And I realized like, you can't just add in a marketing <laughs> nonprofit thing that you really care about 
clean water or you really care about whatever you I do. I check this box. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's kind of what some people do because they haven't explored what that is for their company, but the consumer knows that in a heartbeat. And they're, they're checking it out and they're like, do these people really love their job and do, do they really love this? other thing that they continue yeah. to stand for. Or you are they just trying them. to manipulate me mm -hmm. with this whole deal? Like they don't really care about that. They're just trying to make yeah. me feel trying like they're feel good about profit. doing business with them. Yeah. yeah. How right. do I, how do I show my business care? So I make more money. Right. And that's, it, it, it's an interesting, which comes back to, we need to cancel that nonprofit partnership. We just had, by the way, right? <laughs> but, we need, we need, bad idea. I got rid of that spreadsheet on the way here. <laughs> yeah, destroy all the evidence, Chad. <laughs> So, see, she's laughing at her jokes. This is, this is perfect. It's exactly yeah. what we wanted you to do. So it comes back to something in your book that really, for me, it's the first time I've seen anyone approach it this way. I've always had the understanding that passion and purpose were the same thing. And what does that really mean? And I like what I do. I love going to work. I love working too much. But you were able to lay out a little different approach where passion and purpose are two completely different things. And passion is what makes your heart beat fast and gets you excited. Purpose is what breaks your heart mm -hmm. and what really cares about you. Passion fuels you, purpose fuels other people. And that's like, that just was like a overwhelming realization for me that I'd never read or seen anywhere else. Tell yeah. us a little bit about how you arrived there. And obviously you left corporate America you're doing fabric, you're loving it, you're passionate, but there was still a place you felt like wasn't getting fulfilled for you. Yeah, and I think this, what's so cool about the world we're living in now, this is a conversation so many people are having. Like, well, I have my job, you know, I'm going up the, the ladder, I'm growing my business, especially a lot of entrepreneurs in growth mode. You know, you'll, you'll get in growth mode and you're like, oh, this is everything I was supposed to be doing in my strategic plan, here I go. And then there's just this piece of like, well, this is, I'm building something for me. Like the idea of what is this doing for outside of your organization, when that hits you, it's such a sobering kind of moment because you were taught, you know, you have to build what you, you know, this fabric is built off my love of fashion. However, when you look out in the world and if we all are so centered in and just building our businesses and our companies, what's going to happen with all the people that are not, you know, your consumer. And for me, our um, vision statement early on was, you know, to create a place that everyone, every woman could afford to feel beautiful. And every woman was, I mean, even though our clothing was inexpensive, there was millions of women that would, could never step foot in there. So when you look at your business and your vision for what you want it to be, and your kids are like, what do you do for a living? So you sell clothing. And I remember when my nine-year-old said, no, she makes people feel beautiful. And mm -hmm. she, you know, she wants to make all the women in the world feel beautiful. And I'm like, well, if he's going to say that, then I need to like, you know, own up to this because I'm selling clothing in stores. There's a whole nother group of women. So that's where I took the, the idea of purpose. Cause guess what? It hurts. It breaks your heart and it feels off. It feels off vision for your company. It feels off mission. Sure. Because you're trying to look on your P&L of where the time and energy, when you take your entire team over to Africa for a week, you're like, there, the ROI. Work. Yes. <laughs> there, there's no actual ROI. And I'm taking a team away. I took my whole, my whole headquarters team and, and half of my managers to Africa for years. And what is the ROI there? Well, then you come back and you realize... 
you know, I have team members that will be in this company forever serving in an elevated way to our, not only our customers, but to the women we serve. So yeah, it's, um, it's a piece where if it's breaking your heart, what I have clothing, what am I supposed to do with that? And for me, the, the breaking of the heart was there's women out there that, you know, do not feel beautiful, do not, they have nothing but the clothing on their back and specifically the women escaping sex trafficking. That's what captured my heart and coming back into a fashion company and saying, Hey guys, like talk about a hard conversation. Like, so guess what we're going to do? And they're like, wait, are we even allowed to talk about sex trafficking in fashion? Like, that's not something, those two things don't go together. And I'm like, just stay with me. They're going to go together. And the idea of, you know, we have clothing. We sent an email out. The first time we created our nonprofit on accident, we sent an email out to, you know, our email list. Usually we're asking about a sale and a 25% off jackets. And I said, does anyone have any extra clothing that you would donate to us so that we could close some women that have no clothing? And, you know, four or 500 bags within a couple days. Wow. And they kept coming and coming and coming. So our customers wanted to be part of this. The volunteer list, it's still, and it's such a beautiful thing, it's still like wait list only. We can't even fill it enough, the amount of women that want to volunteer. So we do free sprees and go into safe houses, bring the donated clothing from our customers into the safe houses. And with our customers volunteering alongside of us, watching this whole circle of clothing really come together. And my vision, which you know, I had to hold myself to another level, it's outside of just what's happening in my clothing store. If my vision is to make all women feel beautiful, one piece of clothing at a time, then I have to make the all, all. And so to have the other women do that. So I, can't, I do tell everyone, you can't just sit down one day and that just pop out, right? Like you can try, but if you can really figure out the model for your business that uses what you have, what you care about, to kind of fix a problem in our world that's just broken, that hopefully your business can be a part of, and your, and your founder, your entrepreneur, the leaders get around. And really nobody joins our company not knowing very clearly what we're up to, because you do need everyone on board saying, wait, are we gonna be visiting a safe house? You know, we have people come into the corporate headquarters often and just shop the back of, uh, we have a free um, warehouse in the back. So I think about that in when you're creating what your, what your nonprofit is, what your heartbeat is, it's gotta be something you think your business can kind of help make and, better. And so I think we all agree, there's a lot of problems out there in our world. There's a lot of things yeah. that need fixing. So as a business owner, sometimes it's hard to see those angles. You've been able to see how do I connect fashion with sex trafficking, right. uh, me, how do I connect taxes with some need or problem or with fixing? anything? How, how, do, how do you <laughs> connect? Yeah, yeah, down, exactly. How do we connect a cleaning company with leading people? But if you think about it and you brainstorm and you take the time to get out of the day to day, you've been able to see those angles and you just mentioned, hey, there's problems. And we all know there's lots of problems. Just gotta get a little creative in seeing that. And I think that's the cool part here is there's a place as business owners and entrepreneurs we can all connect. We can all make a difference. And you're doing this like weekly now, right? Oh, yeah. This is crazy. Like not only running a business, growing a business, scaling a business. I mean, th this is massive amounts of time and work and energy. And now it's, we're, we're on a philanthropic arm that's doing it weekly. And volunteers and customers, I, it just blows my mind how you're able to manage all that and, and be able to do when it, it at the same time. It's, it's funny because it used to be a 
kind of a burden to be yeah. honest because I'm like, oh shoot, we're not doing enough there. When we added our core value to be lead with heart. I mean, our fifth core value is lead with heart. So now we're not even living out our core values if we're not doing it. And also going back to the idea of giving a license to my company. You know, when my store in Lexington says we're closing on Tuesday and we're going to just have, you know, a free spree and people are going to come in who, you know, could not afford clothing before, or we're going to go, you know, fill up a closet. It's, it's part of their job. So it, you get excited about it instead of it being an extra thing that you're going to try to get to. Sure. And I think that piece, when people build it into their plan, like there's no marketing plan that I'll approve that doesn't have a call for close or something that's, you know, a significant piece of the heart piece. So if it is in built in, then you have this, you know, inspiration around making sure that it happens because it's part of doing your job. And it's yeah. so inspiring. I know we got on the calls of sex trafficking for the Super Bowl. We started learning numbers behind the Super Bowl and sex trafficking and how much that. So obviously my account at mine is like, we're going to do a fundraiser in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. We're going to raise 40 grand. We're going to give it to the local police officers and they can use that to come back sex trafficking and, and get ahead of it. And we partner with a nonprofit. And I'm like, all right, that was successful. That was cool. That's but it's so a one-time deal. Yeah. You're doing it weekly and on the back end, just making such a difference. It's it's such a different line of thinking at a, at a much higher level than we ever get to. We think of fundraising or, or something to do with nonprofits or philanthropy with an event or a dollar figure, not a weekly part of your company or right. bringing your staff in. So yeah. Well, the bringing, that last thing you said was, I think, as I've learned what's important about this is not just how important it is for me and filling my purpose. I think the exposure and the culture it creates for young people coming into a company is critical that, and luckily yeah. that this generation that, uh, that I'm hiring, um, and that we're all hiring right now, it's, it's important. Yeah. They're cause them. oriented. Yep. Cause oriented. So I love like they used to, the question used to say, you know, what's the fabric discount, you know, in the interview. And now it's, you know, I get to be part of free fabric, right? So it's just the people it attracts and the culture it creates. It's, it's a neat thing to have threaded through your entire 365. Um, big events are incredibly wonderful because it gets people's level so high at those events. Um, but to be in a Tuesday meeting and saying, okay, I want to hear about, you know, what were, what were the wows of the last free spree? And, you know, you hear really tough stories and for everyone to kind of hear that it, it opens up your company to, it's not just that arm. Again, it's everyone on their second day hearing pretty intense stories of what we're doing with clothing. Cause it's not just something that you guys do. It's a part of who you are. Yeah. Like it's completely yeah. sewn into the fabric of who you guys are fabric. Yeah. I mean, that's the cool thing is Chad, as you're mentioning that, like, yeah, we put on this event one time to raise money for a cause and then we were done. Right. It wasn't not, necessarily yeah. who we were, what our ultimate, it was just like we saw a need and we were working to meet the need, but it wasn't that ongoing. It was a checkbox. Again, it's that checkbox yeah. mentality of let's, let's check this box. Yeah, and it's a great thing to do. I think what the, the goal is, is to be able to say, oh, wait, I think I know his company. What are they about again? Oh, yeah, that's the guy that blah, blah, blah. Like, and I think that's what you want to get to is, you know, people know, oh, Dana, yeah, she's real intent. She's this and that. And like, but they're going to say she's got like an insane warrior heart for sex trafficking. So what I challenge all entrepreneurs is, yeah, I'm the, I'm the fashion girl that loves clothing, but you know, what's the second part of that sentence? And you know, you want to be the business person that, you know, fill in the blank that, you know, 
is really out there being a warrior for blank too. That's amazing. All right, you're growing fabric, you're growing free fabric. It's so hard to say. say It's so hard. (laughs) Fabric, it's not that hard. Free is a hard word for you. Ties me up. (laughs) Um, Freeze up. <laughs> it isn't like, it. It isn't like oh, free. I got some subconscious it's like, like cognitive dissonance going on. There's a civil war going on there, man. I've been trained not to say that. I like that. Um, you have all this going on. You're growing stores. You're growing teams. You're doing so much. You're making such a difference. And this is what I really want to learn more about because, God, this is the world I live in in the entrepreneur space of it's just a lot. And you get going down the road of direction of what you care about and what you love and you love what you do and you love what you're doing in the community and with the sex trafficking inside and you feel like you stop winning everywhere. I'm spending not enough time at work, I'm not enough time at home, and not enough time doing what I need to for myself. And you were able to recognize that and come up with a sabbatical plan. And I am so intrigued to learn and want to hear a little more about that, please oh, yeah. share. Oh yeah, well, I, I will correct your, I was able to recognize it, meaning my team was able to kindly <laughs> sit me down and recognize it for me. Um, yeah, I think the, the scary part is a lot of leaders can go and lead way past the point where they should have taken a break way before they did. And most of it's adrenaline or the importance of what they're doing or the idea that you can't be broken because you're leading. What does that say to your team? If you're like, I'm tired and I'm confused and I'm uninspired. That's, that wasn't like as a mom, I didn't really think that we were allowed to have that like checkout point. Right. Um, I think when I, my team sat me down and they, they did, I was taking like those I was taking 15 minute meetings. I had a call, you know, on the way to work. I had a call on the way back. If one thing went off, you know, I was just your whole day. Right. You know, in margins, like, so a friend would need to chat and I'm like, you think I can talk to you maybe next Friday at 10, you know, like, <laughs> like if you like, could hold your tears until two weeks yeah, from today, like, I, I can oh, help I'm real you sorry out. that your child's going through that right now. And I love you. You're my best friend, but I'm really available. And that was scary as heck. And so it was the same thing with like my husband, you know, he's traveling and all this is happening. And I'm like, Hey babe. So like, I'm gonna have to cancel our next four date nights. Cause Thursdays this, and I'm speaking. And then he's the problem with him. He's just so agreeable. He's like, of course, honey. And I'm like, so all of a sudden we have everybody. That? When well, someone, when someone just agrees with you, <laughs> listen, I actually love it. However, and I'm trying to, as you can see, I'm trying to blame him for me canceling the date. What a terrible <laughs> person. <laughs> yeah. So nice. If and agreeable. you love me, you will keep that date night as I'm trying to cancel it for a great reason this week. But that's everyone around me completely understood because I presented myself as a founder. And I mean, there was a lot going on. So you would never, you'd be a jerk to say, Dana, come on, just hold your word. Just do what you said you were going to do. Yeah. Because I've told you that I have all of this going on. And it's people, constant prioritizing. What's more important? Yes. You having to decide friends, family, work. Yeah. We're on that scale of priority. you got to cancel Who, Where they go. And my priorities yeah. were going to the friend of someone's friend that wanted to have coffee with me to talk about this thing. Instead of like, I got to be at my child's spelling bee. You know, like... <laughs> whether they win or not, mom's got to be front row, you know? So (laughs) date night's got to happen. I mean, it's been three months and I'm like, oh man. And so, and same thing at work. I mean, people wanted to spend five minutes in a meeting, maybe talking about their kids and their life. And I'm like, can we get to the point? 
productivity was the only game I was playing because it was so, you know, pressure cooker. And so they sat down and they, you know, said those sweet little words like, are you okay? And for the first time, I mean, I'd said yes to that to everyone my entire life. Not only okay, but I would present yeah. a reason of why I'm amazing and everything's incredible and what can I do for you? Yeah. That's how I usually end that sentence. And I sat there for a moment and I'm thinking, what if I just said like, no? <laughs> and I said, no. And they're like, we don't have a plan right now, but just go home. We're going to take your email away and just become whole again. Like a leader that's leading with the empty tank of gas. Come on. Like it's not inspirational. There's nothing good about that. It's a, or at least me, I'm a grouch. I don't have clear direction. I'm just like kind of, you know, throwing everybody under the bus cause I just need some space. So that's where I was, um, to start. So they luckily had people who called me out on it. And I started a journey that was so incredible of just realigning to, let me just check. And I always use my car as an example because I'm the girl that drives around with like every light on. Do you all do that? No, there's no way you have a light on your car. Okay. We, I'm pointing to my wife over yes, here in the corner. I love. The car I knew could I be smoking her. with all the lights on. And she's like, yeah. She likes great. the pretty colors, man. Yeah, if yeah. I like see like anything even like fogging up like it's a light coming on i'm like straight to the see i'm different thing. i'm like give me a black sharpie i can color that out man right. yeah i, <laughs> I read that. you're like running out of gas and stuff all the lights on gas, you're running out of plan. gas and stuff i love my run out of gas plan i mean i i call the uber i know where the gas tanks are and i can take a call a 30 minute call during that time so it was terrible is <laughs> yeah it's like 30 minutes that i didn't have yeah forced margin in your life forced margin they, this and, is perfect and sympathy too people are like oh we've got to cancel this oh, because you, you ran excuse. out of gas that's right yeah i, I mean I, three things out today i literally googled <laughs> this is how bad it is i googled mm. my type of vehicle and how, once you hit zero how many oh, miles you have yeah. and it tells you so in my head, I'm like, okay, I have 17 miles. Do I know what 17 miles is driving? No, but I have an idea. Until you get on a hill. Until you get on a hill. And you're screwed. Yeah. You gotta know so the hills are. guess what? That's not a good light. You need to have gas in your tank. Random lights. You need to check your oil. You need to take yourself in. You need to stop. All the things that I wasn't doing and looking at my car going, this is like the state of my life. So during that sabbatical time, I filled everything up. And the scary part, and I've talked to so many leaders, I, I picked 20 leaders during that time to talk to to make sure that I wasn't crazy. And most leaders, this is what we do. We run it out on every end. We don't really tell anyone. A, we don't have time. B, we'd never take the time to you know, invest back in ourselves. But there's just like an embarrassment factor of you created this, you wanted this business, and people are looking at you, so figure it out. Instead of you know, literally stopping saying, I. I need to get re-inspired. And they also all agreed that sometimes it's scary because when you do stop and you try to get re-inspired, you've kind of lost your joy in it a little bit. And it's like, how do I get this engine going again? So that's kind of what I spent the time doing is like, what do I love? What in my business do I actually love doing? Like, what do I absolutely, what am I shouldn't be doing that I'm spending way too much time? And I kind of you know, stripped myself from my own business to go back into it the right way and in a really healthy way. So you described something in that process, which I love this. We're going to come back to the car thing too, because that's an awesome analogy, but you referenced in your business, like cleaning out your closet. Like, yeah. I'm going to go in, I'm going to clean up my closet. You and I, what is it? The one, is that the book where it tells you go through your closet? If you don't love it, 
throw it away. Um, in this scenario, you described clean out your closet and how yeah. freeing and just getting rid of the clutter and the old stuff. And you should take that same approach to your business right. and, and to your life as if a CEO. If it doesn't fit, it doesn't make you feel good. Yeah, yeah, there's so many things that you keep because you think you're supposed to. And maybe I'll wear this someday instead of just like, what are the things that you know are essential to me and make me... And the happiness part, that is the part that I lost is... Well, I've created a business and once you get into business, maybe it stops feeding your joy. And like, that's not how it's supposed to be. And luckily I got to relearn that, but I'd met so many people like, oh, that's just what's going to happen. I'm like, really? That is not a direction I want to get into. I build this beautiful thing and I'm at the head of it because guess what? The way you're leading is the way everyone's following. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah you're not fooling anyone at a certain no. point. Yeah. So I do this workout and it's funny because the guy that's leading the workout will say this all the time, almost every workout, it probably is every workout. He'll say, are you breathing? And I'm like, that's the dumbest question ever. And no, actually, I'm not breathing right I now. I need to breathe. I've yes. done 14 punches in a row or I'm doing yes. crunches, but no, I'm actually, there, there's no oxygen coming in. I'm not breathing. And as entrepreneurs, as the leaders of organizations, it's really, diff- really easy, excuse me, to be going without breathing, without taking the oxygen. As you mentioned, like, you just need to be able to come up for breath and have a little bit of margin from time to time. Yeah. But we're so passionate about, man, just our regular business, but especially if you're running after a cause-oriented deal. Like right. You're like, I can't let these people down. I gotta keep going, I gotta keep running, and you can't do find yourself. Can't be asleep at the wheel. You yeah. know, like Customer that service, idea. wow, yeah. I was like, I gotta perform, I, I gotta show up, things. I gotta answer emails. Too I many people are counting calls. on me, I gotta, I gotta do this. <laughs> yeah. When I'll, you get to learn though, when you show up and you are 5% of who you're supposed to be, then kind of what's the point? So the car, analogy i love that because what i see in business so many owners fail to recognize you are by far your business's biggest asset just like a vehicle or a machine or anything else if you don't service it if you don't put fuel in it if you don't take care of it it's going to blow up it's going to stop performing at a high level and as an owner we are our own business's largest asset and you screw that up you screw your whole business your team and I love that, how you related it back to the check engine lights on the car. I think that's really cool. I'd say one other thing about that, the idea of taking it into the the shop where you have brilliant people that can work on it in a way that you've never thought to. And I think also what happens is entrepreneurs just stay in their own lane in their own business and they forget to kind of look out and get those new ideas and kind of that's what brings inspiration back into entrepreneurs is going outside of yourself and your business and sitting down with brilliant other leaders in completely different industries and learning what they're doing bringing those back in and that's like the fuel that's truly what fuels so many entrepreneurs and we forget about that we stop even having new people come and breathe in new inspiration, breath and ideas and all of that. So it kind of takes the burden off that you're the only leader. There's a billion leaders out there who all have the exact same problems with just a different name. It's all about how do I inspire my team? How do I grow? I mean, we have the same things we're trying to do. And when we sit down in a room and take the time to do that for ourselves and you know, bring in the really smart mechanics of, oh, this is what I do, it, it literally just like brings your business back to life or brings you back to life as a leader, which can easily just pour in. So, so you go on this sabbatical, you are able to see some angles and some things you want to free yourself of, some things you don't love doing anymore, some better places to spend your time in the business. I have a question for you. Do you, and you came back and you were able to adjust and maneuver those things. 
Do you think that was possible from day one? Or as entrepreneurs and as business owners, when we start, you gotta go through the grind, you gotta wear all the hats, you gotta work 80, 90 hours a week. Is that just part of the process? Or is there any way to go back and if you had to redo it all, would you be able to start in the way where you don't have to run out of Like I wanna give everyone like really good hope and I can't imagine it. I think there's something, it's like when you're raising an infant and it's just like, you bring it home, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing here, but I'm going to stay up endless nights figuring it out. And I think that there's such a bonding period there to know the ins and outs of your what you're building. And what's so cool about it is you get to come back and solve those problems again with more wisdom. Um, I think what happens if, if you don't come back to those same kind of issues and re, try to resolve them, um, I think the other big thing is when you don't have the humility to go to your team, which I didn't have, to go to your team and say, I'm not exactly sure. I'm not exactly sure right now. Because I was always just trying to deliver the answer. And so now the culture we have is you can totally mess up. You can totally not know the answer. Before there was a lot of, you know, Dana seems to, never break and it looks perfect and she has four kids and she does this in her sleep and she's always on a cleanse and doing yoga and all she they only heard all the great parts so they're like we surely aren't going to be able to pull that off so we we got to hide things we break and we got to you know opening up that piece to an article coming out about me that was supposed to be having it all and the name of the AJC article being the pitfalls of having it all. I think that adds as a leader of like, okay, I want to follow that girl because the other one, I just didn't know how I was ever going to do that. And yeah, it, was it was a fake an ex- version. It was an expectation that you couldn't ever live up to or a place you didn't get to see the struggles. I know for you reading your story, oh my goodness, you had to go to numerous banks. You got turned down for numerous loans. You had a hard time getting off the ground. And probably the worst thing I've ever read in business you finally get a loan, you finally get your store open, you do a friends and family day one, and that night, the whole place got robbed. All mm-hmm. your clothes, all your money, day one. Like, if anybody would ever see that as a sign of, this is not what I'm supposed to do, or... Right. On the emotional high and low of that, oh, too. Right. Word, huge of, dream. Like, this was the greatest day ever, I'm living my dream, and you get, a nightmare you like show that. up the next morning yeah. on a Sunday, right? Yeah. And your windows are busted, and all your clothes are gone, and all your money's gone, and you don't have the money to buy more inventory. And that's just to get up time and time again, and then to go through, okay, you're growing, you're feeling good, you're working, Lord knows how many hours, you're neglecting everything else in your life, and now you're getting bad reviews from your staff, and you're not being a great leader. And I love how, because I feel the same way, you're letting the entrepreneur know it's hard. you got to go through this. But it's the difference going to happen, yeah. And being high level successful and not is being able to at some point get out of that, see the error of your ways, be able to take a step back, take a sabbatical, come back, fix those things. So you come back. What was your answer? Is it to hire more people to handle that stuff? Is it to just get rid of that altogether? Is it to put rules in place? Yes, you how do you keep back. your car from going back to the shop? Right? Yeah. Take half of your work off your plate. Well, let's think about this. Like, how do you keep gas in your car. Well, when it gets low, you just like go and fill it up. It's, there's no rocket science to it. So (laughs) when I get low, uh, yeah. And I I call my wise counsel and it's legitimately what I do, but I have enough people in my life and I've given them the license to do this. Not only last license, the requirement, like my assistant's job is to say, Hey, I looked at your calendar this week. It looks like it's going to be one. Um, I think we should probably, you know, take some things off your plate. Or if I'm like, okay, I want to have both of these meetings on Thursday. 
okay, well, Hudson's game's at six and you missed the last one. Are you sure you want to do that? My husband has the same authority and so do my kids. Like the people in my oh, life that wow. have my calendar. That's a great idea. Yeah, it's scary because you give it to that. them. That sounds terrible. It's scary as heck. And I did it one day when it just sounded like the greatest idea and then I had to like really like be like live it. But yeah, my husband now, and he knows <laughs> like, but, how he has to But you to don't say, understand. Yeah. You can't cancel that. I can't exactly. Change. She's like, I liked you a lot better when you were agreeing with everything. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what happened to the sure, babe? <laughs> and he will just say, no problem, but you did ask me to keep you accountable. Oh, man. And he adds in, we don't want to go back there. Because so it, he's, he literally said after that sabbatical, I got my wife back. Kids got like wow. their happy mom back and Fabric got their leader back. Like it was, it was literally like I just came back to life and I saw things not as a burden, but everything was a blessing. So I think that's the going to be the critical part is have, can you handle, and that has been hard for me in the past, honest feedback by someone saying, hey, you, in that meeting, you were a little rough. Like my COO, I, she hates anything to do with controversy and her one of her job requirements now is to say hey, dana um we were a little little tough in that meeting and all that means to me is i have some following up to do i also need to think back to it's not because i don't care about my team it's because i'm too stressed so do you know when you're being too tough yeah okay you do know it then because sometimes you said your personality you're in your, in your now group, i right? do okay so you pick up on it now because the awareness was brought to you that Drop it down a notch yes. so you can kind of feel yourself getting there. Yes. See, because Chad hasn't gotten that yet. I keep I trying know, to tell him, Dana. He's been doing it the whole time. He's and got I'm that like, scowl on his face. I want to admit something right now. I think when I ask you, this happened this week, by the way. I'm like two days off of this. Okay, I, well. I, I send emails. Is it too soon? I get wound oh, up at I night. Oh, I know that guy. I drink I'm coffee. that girl. I stay up to one in the morning. I'm, I go down roads. It's not healthy. So Everyone loves that 3 a.m. email. I hate really, to get on this. Really productive. But I get a little too wound up on the email side. Um, <laughs> this week, I sent an email, and, and I guess to cue you in a little bit, uh, my recognition of when I'm going down a bad road. When I ask you, like, "Hey, Josh, you think I was a little harsh there?" <laughs> I think I already know the answer. Like, I kind of know, but I'm hoping there's like some like heart's desire for you to tell me, "No, dude, that was fine. Like, you're uh -huh. totally in line. It's yet to happen." But when I get there, that's when I know I'm like. Yeah, oh, I'm really being a good leader now. I think I've been too harsh, and I haven't. We're, we haven't. Well, got you know, yet. you just it. said it, and then also that late night email. Like I sat down with my team. I'm like, what do y'all? They don't. They don't want me to send because I'm real productive in that late night time. Yes, that like nine to midnight. I oh, crush it. so good. So great. And I have a million things for my team to do from <laughs> nine to midnight. So I started by saying, listen, you don't have you. You can ignore it, but they were honest enough and say. I, I can't ignore it. I mean, you're my boss. Like, I can't ignore it. So I figured out that cool little thing where you can send later. Yes. So that changed my life. I was going to just say that. You I were like, almost, I was going to offer a little. I think well, I know that exists. Listen, but there's I'm two not, reasons why this is a big deal. Number one is that you can you can send, send the email, quote unquote. You can hit send later when you're in the moment. But you buy yourself some time to change your mind. Can you reread it and change it? Yeah. Yeah, you, you can cancel the send. Yeah, right? You schedule it. Now, here's the second part good. of this. It's life changing for me here. This <laughs> is this is marketing. I don't know if it's honest, but it's marketing. It's not dishonest. That's kind of marketing. You can yes, yeah, seriously. Yeah. Right? Come on, That's guys. What marketing we is. know what marketing is. Sometimes you can send an email and you can schedule it to go out at like five forty seven AM and create the illusion that you send it at five forty seven AM to the person oh, yeah. you sending it that. to. And I'm not saying that I do that, I'm just saying I've heard some it's people just an option. have done that before. No, I'm not I, saying it wouldn't impress me. If somebody sent me an email at 547. 
It's like, wait a minute. She sent me an email at 1, and then at 5.47. Well, you're also pretty clear. Like, it's probably going to be the first email in their inbox when they you know, get up well, the next day or whatever. So you get a response to those words. It's at the top. That's true. So, so much goes into being an entrepreneur and, and losing our passion and losing our purpose and those things. And what I love about your book is how at the end of each chapter, you ask the reader questions. Yeah. It's the questions is how you come up with finding answers to these things. And your questions all throughout this book are amazing. And it's, there's two books I've read in a row that have like end of the chapter questions and things. Uh, Bob Iger, I read his, and then I read your book back to back. And my favorite thing about both of them is those questions and those guides. And Lauren and I talked about going through them together. My yeah. wife and I going through these questions together and finding out, okay, how do we transform from just working and loving what we do for work to finding that purpose and that next level uh, to make it more lasting, more legacy? What What's the end game? And that's something I think the biggest piece uh, we can end on in the podcast is, is you talk about painting the picture of what's your end game and then let's back into it. What's What do you want to end with? What's the end look like for you? And then you know how to build the rest of the plan. And I think that's really cool. Did you always see things that way or is this something that's uh, a little yeah, more recent I have for you? actually always seen things that way because when you grow up with two dreamers two parents that are dreamers and they're you know like oh if you get straight a's we'll go to disney world like that was a great dream and like i mean i've never made a b and i've ne i just took my kids to disney world and i'm like mom dad like you there's like that activation hustle piece and i understood why i mean we we probably couldn't afford it to begin with. It was very motivational. I mean, it got me straight A's most of my life. But that hustle part that's so cr incredible to me is put it down on paper, declare it, actually formulate the words in your head because, hey, I love dreaming, but dreaming's like, ooh, wonder if. It's not a real thing. It's the idea of all the options on the table. Then the next place of writing it down, and then I also take it so far to share it with somebody, like this is what I, I wanna do, and it might sound crazy, and taking one step, putting on your calendar, and 30 days from now I'm gonna do one thing towards it. What I watched most of my life was just being in dreaming land, and I think it's an incredible place to just spend some time in, but I don't feel like we're gonna change the world, and you're going to be able to say, wow, I'm, I'm creating legacy type things without declaring it, putting it on paper and sharing it with somebody who hopefully says that's crazy because it should be big enough that it's not like I am going to probably upgrade my phone next year. That That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but I want it to be something that they go, no way, how can I be part of that? And I think a lot of people stop at that level and don't do that. Like, I don't want to say it out loud or put it down because then I'm going to probably have to do it. And that's where you just have to learn to navigate. Like when I run back into you and Dana, are you still doing that? I'm actually not, but guess what I am doing? So you're okay pivoting, but if you just don't put a stake anywhere, I just watch people, I run into them in five years. I'm like, oh, are you still, you know, you were talking about, you guys were moving this and you're going to do this and nah, we just, you know, we didn't busy, do. Yeah. yeah. Happen, and they're yeah. sad and they're back in a space where, you know, I want to get re-inspired again. So I think you got to declare it. And not only you go a step further, of course, because you go a step further. By the way, you use the term multiple times in the book, above and beyond. Yeah. And that is the biggest core value and mission statement yeah. and the company we're all part love of that. going above. Our company's name was above and beyond at one point. And so I love that. But again, you went above and beyond. You said, hey, not only in business, in your life. Yeah. And 
how would it end? Right now, if you're writing your story, how would it end in your business and in your life? And if people aren't thinking about that, they're not Mm-mm. putting that stake in the ground, they're not setting that expectation, you're never going to hit it. If there's yeah. no target, you got no chance at hitting it. I think that's really awesome. And I think really you cool. could all, you could, you know, just as we end here today, if you think about, you know, I'm not a person that cares what other people think about me. I care about what the people I love think about me a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think when you ask them, I think when, you know, thinking back to what we were talking about earlier, when they were like, gosh, you know, this is my sister. She's so successful. She has stores and she has kids and she has this. And there wasn't like the piece of like, why are you, why are you proud of me? You know, what is that legacy? And so when you think about how do your kids describe you? How does your, you know, best friend describe you? How does your mom describe you? Think about how you want that sentence to be because sometimes you might just get on a track and you're like, yeah, he's, you know, she's a girl that has 40 plus stores. There's so much more than I want that I wanted that to be. So what would you leave our audience with the next step? Uh, We have a lot of listeners that are business owners, entrepreneurs, they're going through the journey. They're probably working way too many hours. What's the first step for them? What, what should they do next um, outside of going to buy your book? Because it's amazing. What's the, what advice would you give on how to start this process? I, I love, I kind of created, um, I think it's in the book, but it's somewhere. <laughs> if not, I'll give it to you guys and you can post it. But a refuel checklist. I think you should go oh, through your good. life and just like I do with my car, but I put the basics there and it's almost like cleaning out your closet. Like, what are the basics? Like my, when I was in that sabbatical time, my doctor's like, drink water. I like laughed at him like, no, give me something really good that I need to be doing. He's like, (laughs) what can I put in the water, doc? Yeah, that's like such a basic (laughs) thing. And no, drink water, you know, call your mom back, keep your phone charged. Like, you know, the basic part of your life, then figure out how to build back in. You know, once you take everything out of your life that you're unsubscribed to all those emails, clear it down and then add the joy back in. And if you, if you start the idea of like we've been talking about with a closet, I mean, take everything out and then assess what comes back in and make it really special. And I think that's the, the most beautiful thing I've been able to do during this time is nothing's, not nothing, big things haven't slipped back into my now life that used to just cloud the noise of your day to day. We don't have a lot of time and you want it to matter. And especially when you're running a business, you don't. So you've got to learn to say no and just clear it out and then be super intentional. Everything you say yes comes back in. Every Sunday night I'm looking at my calendar and I'm like, what's missing? Not only what am I, what do I have too much of? What's missing? You know, is, is there a date night on there? Is there a jog on there? Is there something, a friend? Am I seeing a, a human that is not part of fabric? <laughs> Let's make sure that's happening. So I think just assessing your, your own space and your own calendar and what you're saying yes to and no to. And, you know, have the courage to, to get the things in that just slipped in and they just happen to be a recurring thing in your life that aren't really serving your passion and purpose. It's hard to do, but it'll make space for the things that you should be doing. Such great advice. I'm looking at a big, I don't know what you call this. There's some big letters on the wall (laughs) and it says inspiration. I just know for me and Chad both, getting to know you and your story, listening to you talk has been a huge inspiration for me. Uh, Just to level up from the standpoint and not, not just our business, but more on the end of, okay, we can give more, we can give more, we can benefit and impact more and more people. And again, as Chad said, our mission statement says, we go above and beyond to serve people. So it's like, all right, how can we make sure we're doing what we need to do for us to stay healthy as leaders, emotionally healthy as people, so that we can serve and impact the most people. So thank you for being such an inspiration. Loved it. Absolutely. Loved being with y'all. What's, what's the future hold? Where, do you, where are you going from here? Is there anything big on the horizon? Gosh, 
No, yes. Um, I'm kind of in a, <laughs> it's such a crazy time because. I love that clear answer. Yeah. No, yes. Well, it's, it's funny because where I am right now as a leader, I'm going back to my roots. Like, I feel like what's happened with um, kind of, I just, the example I just gave you, clearing everything out. I mean, I had to close 40 stores because of COVID, and that just, it, they are open back up. But just in that time period when you're closing a store, it's something that you never thought would happen, kind of does a reset. And a lot of entrepreneurs, I know we've kind of been talking about how you get back to this adrenaline of, okay, I'm, I'm rebuilding, literally rebuilding a company now, and I want to make sure I'm rebuilding it, you know, in the way that I just described to you all. So um, it's really not a what's future. It's, um, you know, I'm cleaning out the closet of fabric, making sure it's built on exactly the bricks and stone that it, it should be. So it's a neat time, and that'll probably be be what 2021 is really about is um you know the idea of what i learned in this last six months was find out what you do what's your core strengths and stick to those so that's what we'll be doing so i probably won't be be adding too much new but just doing what we do well hopefully better love it well thank you so much for joining us it has been so inspirational it's been educational we loved every part of this and the more we learn, the more we're inspired. And it's just uh, really grateful for you taking the time to spend with us in the audience. And thank Anytime. you so For our audience, follow Dana, follow Fabric. If you're around a location that has a store, join in on the things they're doing in the community and the places you can volunteer. Such an amazing organization. Thank you so much for all y'all are doing yep, and being an inspiration to us all. Thanks for having me. I love chatting with you guys. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Entrepreneur Adventure. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please be sure to like and subscribe to The Entrepreneur Adventure wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check us out on the web at www.theentrepreneuradventure.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram as well. And remember, The Entrepreneur Adventure does not have to be traveled alone, but is a journey to be shared. We'll catch you next time on Entrepreneur Adventure, where we give you the tools to climb higher and faster than ever before.